This show is presented by Manscaped. Sign up for 20% off manscaped.com using the code DANGLE. We're going to bring Andrew Berkshire on in a minute just to talk about uh, some stuff that we have planned for. Am I allowed to say Olympics or do I say the games? Um, The five ringed sport event. Okay. Mm. All right. First thing we want to let you know. I don't know. Is that on Friday this week, Friday evening, what usually happens on Friday evenings on the SDPN Twitch channel? Uh, I stream Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yes. 20, that'll be in 2025. But what oh. about in 2022? What's the usual schedule? Well, our, uh, our GM analyst, Jesse Blake, uh, tries to win a Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. And he is still going. <laughs> because it's easier said than done. Apparently. So tell me, Adam, why you're kicking me off of my stream. Yeah. You, and you are so disappointing garbage. the crab people. I'm disappointing the crab people. I'm hoping the crab people will still want to come to this party. No. But uh, no, they will not come no. to this party. They're just t- saying no to this party. So the NHL All-Star Skills Competition happens Friday. And we figured, why not, for the first time why ever, not? do a live stream, because Steve doesn't do enough of those. No. Uh, do a live stream of the skills competition and all the new events. All of us just sitting in the studio chatting. Yeah. So it'll be like a three-hour-long podcast oh, with God. the skills competition. You'll be able to watch on your the, the, the broadcast term, second screen. Mm. Be able to watch mm-hmm. however you want. and then we'll, So we're going to watch the game with you, or watch the skills competition. It better you. not be three hours. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's going to be four. Is it? Four? They got a... Okay, here's here's what... First of all, that was a burp. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yeah, you just <laughs> right into the mic. It's the bubbly. Sorry. Like, <laughs> we might just edit that out. All right. I don't think people want to hear burping no. into the mic. No, leave, leave it. it. Leave all it. Right. It's real. It's what people want. It's real. I don't know. Uh, I laughed and then... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we got to bring Berkshire on, but you got to tell that date story. Which date? Oh, the burp story? I can tell that story. I'll tell it with Andrew on. Andrew oh. will be like, yep, that sounds like you. Oh, okay, great. Um, what were we even uh, I was saying how it shouldn't be three hours. Because if it starts at 8, we can't be going till 11 p.m. NHL, get your stuff together if you're putting on a three-hour event like that. Okay, so this is the first All-Star game I can think of, or skills competition, whatever you want to call it, where not all the events are in the same building. How are they going to execute that? And have it not take an eternity. Yeah, they have the two events, one at the Bellagio, one on the Strip. How close is the is the arena to the Strip? I don't care how close it is. There are boats involved. I think they have the guys already out there. Yeah, they're like, I don't prep. think they're going to be in the arena and then... Well, maybe, but then they truck them over while the other events are going Jesse, on. Jesse, are you assuming the best? Yeah. I'm assuming that it's not going to take three hours because we're by the end of three hours, we're going to be like, okay, this is a little much. How long is Machine Gun Kelly's last album? <laughs> and they have a performance in the middle mm-hmm. or at oh, the man. beginning or whenever. Can't oh. wait. Oof. Also, I think it's a 7.30 start, not 8. Yeah, so we, will have, yeah. we yeah. will have the podcast and we will have the live stream and we'll see how long it goes because, oh. boy... <laughs> It's gonna be fun. We don't know. Yeah, maybe what? maybe we'll we'll have some more carbonated drinks there, Burp. Yeah. <laughs> hey Jesse, do you mind hit, turning down my headphones just a wee bit? Just sure. because. We're yeah, little... the burp was really loud. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I couldn't. So... It got right into my eardrums. That's not. Yeah. Um, I also want to let you know that the women's hockey tournament for the Olympics starts tomorrow. Noxie and Cax are gonna have another episode tomorrow, and obviously they're gonna be covering that tournament. And that brings us to this individual who I mentioned earlier. 
I'd like to welcome on Andrew Berkshire. Boo! Hey! <laughs> How you doing? Hey! So, I feel like and- a regular at this point. Yeah, really. So, yeah. Andrew, Andrew, the big plan for uh, the games, the five ringed games, mm. is what? Well, uh, we are going to relaunch Game Over International, and this time it won't be canceled after two games. Woo! Oh, boy. Yay. Oh, God. We don't know that. Oh, famous <laughs> last words. Yeah, oh. yeah, the guy who decided to do a stream after every Habs game thinks things are going to go great. Yes. <laughs> oh, Why boy. would things get any better? Oh, boy. Well, at least they play. At least there are games. Oh, oh man. Dear. So, Do they play, Steve? Do they play? Well, they're there. And the they thing attend. is with these, these games is that um, most of them are going to start at like midnight. Like, how do you feel about that? You know, I am feeling very interested in changing my sleep schedule entirely because Mm. uh, this show is going to be very different than uh, what we've been doing thus far with Game Over. It's not going to be live right after the Canadian women's game because, you know, why would we do a live (laughs) show at like two o'clock in the morning? It doesn't make much sense. So this is going to be essentially focused on the hockey mostly but also talking about big moments for Canada throughout the games. And we're going to go live every morning at 6 a.m. So I'm going to be up all night mm-hmm. watching Olympics so that I know that what I'm talking about and not just reading things off of a sheet. Right. I'm going to tell you what happened, you know, as I saw it. And we're going to have on some great guests that are not going to be as insane as me, but also covering the Olympics. And uh, it's going to be incredibly fun. So that's going to be five days a week, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I can also talk about this. Just, Steve, you might not even know about this. I don't think I the do. The PN has come come in. You know, there's the SDPN. Now, oh, the PN, yes. The PN. Yeah, I was which like... Is Jesse and I. This is the only uh, announcement I knew about. And so. Andrew. Uh, we're excited uh, because I believe... Can we talk about this? Can we talk about the weekend shows? Yeah, because Andrew's going to be doing it Monday to Friday. But like, who fills in on the weekends? Because Andrew can't do everything. So he can't do it seven days. we got to have somebody fill in those extra two days. Can't do every damn thing. All right. Mm-hmm. So, what are you guys signing me up for extra work? 6 a.m. <laughs> Saturday Steve. and Sunday, <gasps> Steve. Steve, <laughs> you're going to be hosting Game Over International Steve on Saturday everybody. and Sunday. No, stop clapping. You're not Steve. doing it. Remember, not Steve's doing your it. man. Steve's your man. Steve's doing it Saturdays and Sunday. No. Yeah. Steve's your man. No. Yeah. Why, why, aren't you ref- why are you refusing this job? Because I am a goddamn father. <laughs> I know he hey, is I've too. I don't two. care. I've got two. <laughs> He's got two. He two. He's yeah, got two. so they cancel each other out. Everyone knows that's how it works. <laughs> One takes care of the other. Yeah. It's, it's logic. Come on, man. <laughs> no, what's really going to happen is your friend and our friend and a friend of the world Tic Tac Tomar is going to come in mm-hmm. and he's going to be filling in. Now, uh, we're, we're obviously we're we're going to kind of run test this. So sometimes the technology or whatever is going to be is going to be tricky. So I want you to show up for Omar and droves at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I love it. Yeah, I, I want to see what he brings up first. Michael Bunting or Dragon Ball Z? It'll be <laughs> it's a good question. It's I love really- these because it's your I want you to subscribe to it on the podcast feed or go to the YouTube channel. And when you wake up, you get an Olympic update. 
It's there's your Olympic update. Everything when you were sleeping. Here's what happened. Here's what you need to know about the day. And Andrew's going to deliver it to you with a great guest. And it's going to be a perfect wake up for the next two weeks because everybody wants to know what's going on. How many medals does Canada win? And like you can go and you can scroll on your the the score app or whatever app you use to check sports or whatever. But here you get a person talking to you for thirty minutes. You turn it on while you're getting ready in the morning. It's going to be so much fun. So and very excited for this. Also, Andrew. I should mention Game Over International is the theme. Uh, mm -hmm. is the is the feed to subscribe to, right? So yep. not Game Over Montreal, although you should subscribe to that too, because why not? If why you're a not? Leaf, if you're a Leaf fan or you're a fan of another team and listen to Montreal lose every game, what the hell? It's kind of fun, right? Yeah, bask in someone else's misery. Um, exactly. But game Game Over International. So so Andrew, we got I want to talk about about something here uh, while we have you. Um, can you talk about? There was a tweet that you sent out. I think it was late last week, maybe even this weekend. Oh no! And you said that you said this team, being the Montreal Canadiens, are a car crash. Yes. Uh, what are you? I was seeing? wrong. It's more like a train derailing. T okay. What are you seeing from the team now that even at the beginning of the season wasn't as bad as this? Uh I I think it's just it sets in for a lot of the veteran players that there's no hope of anything and. I think that when you're this bad and even when you do play well, things still go against you. You know, the goaltending now is like they don't have Jake Allen. He's on injured reserve. You know, Carey Price is possibly, you know, we don't even know if he's ever going to play again based on the press conference that he had. So he intends to play this season, but he left open the possibility that like if rehab doesn't go well on his knee, that just might be a career. And oh. that would be like incredibly sad after what he did in the playoffs last year to just be taken out of it the same essential way as uh, Shea Weber. Right. So it would be like a, another blow, but you could tell that just by price talking, a couple of the guys on the team kind of got a little bit of energy back in them. Like Gallagher was all over the place in his first game back, but it's just, there's very few guys that are pushing it to the limit. Right. And I think it's, easy for media people to like jump on those people and be like, Oh, they're not trying. They don't deserve to wear the Jersey. But when you're in it, I think it's very reasonable that like, maybe they're only putting in 90% effort and 90% looks terrible because usually you're pushing yourself past the limit of what you think is possible, trying to win in a highly competitive sport. Mm -hmm. And the only guys now that are really doing that are the guys who always do that, which is like Gallagher, Arturi Lekkanen, Tyler Toffoli and the, totally different way than those guys, but he, he kind of rules with his intelligence. Nick Suzuki, who at times has played 25 minutes a night at the first line center. Like I was talking to a, a couple of friends who are Canadians fans and we're trying to look around the league and like how many players at 22 years old are a coach's first choice at even strength, first choice in the power play, first choice in the penalty kill, first choice in the shootout, first choice at three on three. That's what Nick Suzuki is. There's no breaks for him. So like he's had a disappointing season, but like the pressure is entirely on him. Like the guys who are actually feeling it, like it's got to be the weight of a building on your back, you know, and then not having the fans either. There are games where they seem to apply some pressure and they score a goal and they get back in it. And then there, there's like that dead spot. So you don't have anything to get you back in the game fully and keep that momentum going. And plus the goalies are letting in like, four of every 10 shots. So <laughs> that never helps. <laughs> Suzuki's had like a ridiculous career so far. He's one of the first draft picks of an expansion team gets traded in a major trade for the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. So he's the guy who has to replace him. 
surpasses all expectations, goes to the Stanley Cup final, signs a ridiculous deal, and is playing 25 minutes a night. Uh, I took some heat this past week for talking about when, when does pride enter into it for the Habs, and you sort of touched on it. Uh, I'm not saying they're playing without it, but there are situations where a team can be bad and a team can be losing, and it becomes toxic. You mentioned they're not getting a single save, which takes you out of the game before the puck is dropped. Do you think there's anything this management group could do or should do to at least get a body in front of pucks before the end of the season, or do they just write it off? Yeah, I I feel like you can't let this level keep going because I know they want the first overall pick because why would you not? Of course, Mm -hmm. this bad, but the sorry, excuse me, the level that they're playing at is like embarrassment level. Like the last team to be this bad is the 1989 90 Quebec Nordiques, which were like unbelievably bad. If you exclude expansion teams like the Atlanta Thrashers, San Jose Sharks and Ottawa Senators. They were also this bad, but that was under the old expansion rules where they got no good players. That was the team that got uh, Eric Lindros first overall, I believe. Uh, <laughs> no, that was Owen Nolan. Eric Lindros oh, was 91. They yes. weren't this right. bad to get Eric Lindros. They they won 16 times in the Eric Lindros year. The Canadians were on pace for 13 wins. Whoa. <laughs> so like, they've got eight so far. That dire. means they have five more to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they're on pace for for the remainder yes. of the season. Yep. And it's hockey, so they could make that up in a week. Like they, <laughs> they could. They could theoretically. Man. Yeah. But it's hard to like believe that they could do that because first of all, they haven't won back to back games this year. Wow. Not once. And even games where they do play well. Like I think the the season turned from a bad season to an like a complete mess in a game against the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights came to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Montreal pounded them in the first period. The shot count was like 26 to 2, but they only won they were only leading one nothing. And in the next period, it was like Jake, Jake Allen's first real bad game of the season. He allowed like three goals and four shots. Ooh. And you could just see like everybody on the bench slump. And it was like even when we do everything right, we're not going to get it this year. It's just not going to happen. It's no nothing is building for us. So I think that the focus needs to shift and this is partially on coaching to building towards next year. So that means like building lines that are going to stick together for next year. I feel like if they're not going to sell Arturi Lekanen and Tyler Toffoli this year, that line together with Suzuki that they're doing right now makes sense. It means leaning on the young guys, uh, guys like Michael Pozzetta, who are kind of like the fan favorite this year because he always gives his all because he's trying to earn a spot and he's like scoring goals with his face and (laughs) fighting guys (laughs) a foot taller than him and getting his, Teeth knocked in. So he's just always out there. Play him 10 minutes a game instead of four minutes a game. You know, just let them have some fun. Look at what you have for next season and not worry so much about getting Hoffman his like 18 minutes. I mean, he's been all right lately after a stretch of flat out not caring, but you can't be so focused on trade value that you lose what you can build towards next year. And maybe that comes after the deadline and maybe Carey price coming back at some point gives them a little bit of hope and they play better towards the end of the season. But right now, as it is like, they can't let this go too long because it's just too ugly and it's not fit for this level. Is it time for 
I guess, fans and the organization to write off Montembeau as like an NHL starter in the immediate future or even the distant future. Because like what he's shown this season, like coming in, he was never supposed to be the next Carey Price. But there are expectations that he could step in as a solid backup to Jake Allen while Price is out. And it's just he's never materialized into that. Is it just time to be like, okay, this is probably an AHL starter for the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, Montembeau is 25, so he I don't think they really viewed him so much as a prospect, so much as a stopgap. He Mm -hmm. either puts on like a blisteringly brilliant performance or like ECHL level. And I I feel bad for him because he's not exactly getting much support. And Caden Primo is in the same boat. He's just a little bit younger. I think Primo is the one that they have to worry about a little bit because he's not NHL ready right now. And at 22, you want to see a little bit more out of him. And he hasn't been able to put together like two good starts back to back, like not even like NHL level starts. He's had a couple of really, really good games. And then he follows it up by getting pulled. I think he's been pulled in four out of seven starts or something like that. Oh, so, my wow. God. It's not a great scene. And the goalies aren't being supported, frankly, but they need more out of them. OK, I'm legitimately depressed because of this conversation <laughs> so let's <laughs> try let's... covering it every game <laughs> exactly right so what is your oasis in the desert like what what are your little things that you're hoping happens for this team on a nightly and weekly basis on and off the ice i think there's not much in terms of on ice product that is giving people hope right now. Right. I mean, seeing some guys come back from injury is always good. I think to fully coming back into the lineup, they were getting their teeth caved in by teams, but they were at least like uh, trying. Whereas before to was in the lineup, it was just, it was bleak. Like it was just like Nick Suzuki against the world. Everybody else was phoning it in and it was brutal, but to kind of gave them a little bit more jump. So they have like a little bit more offense, not good offense, but something right not scoring one goal every game and you know Gallagher coming back gives him a little bit of jump I want to see Paul Byron play because he missed half the season with uh, hip surgery after playing through that for multiple years apparently where he was just in terrible pain the entire time so that's interesting and I mean I want to see Carey Price play just because I'm a fan of Carey Price I have been since he won gold with Canada you know uh, he's one of the best goaltenders of his generation, right up there with Henrik Lundqvist. His prime was cut short more due to injuries than uh, Lundqvist was. But at his peak, he's a game-changing player. I mean, you want to see trades coming close to the trade deadline. I think what I'm focused on in covering them right now is like after the trade deadline for Game Over Montreal, I'm going to shift pretty hard into bringing on scouts, like amateur scouts, and talk about the draft. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the trade deadline coming up soon. We might have a SDPN level insider uh, coming on the show soon to break down the Canadians roster and who might move. But for the most part, I think the focus is in the front office. What is Kent Hughes and what is Jeff Gorton going to do to change things up? Are they going to hire a modern, robust front office, create a research and development staff, uh, create a development staff? Because frankly, the Canadians have less than half of the front office and development and research employees than they that they should have. It, they have the money to roll this out. They don't have the excuse to not to be hesitant about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Spend a fourth liner's money on a research and development uh, program, essentially, and you'll be spending, yeah, maybe $2 million a year on it. 
and you'll be saving $20 million every couple of years on bad contracts. I think, you know, one of the best things you could say about Jeff Gordon, if you're a Habs fan, is, you know, he inherited this Hall of Fame goalie uh, and knew that the future of the franchise depended on his ability to replace them. And he's not there anymore, but look who the Rangers have in net. Mm-hmm. They this got is true. Georgiev back in the heart trophy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like he's, he's, man, that guy's a real deal. Uh, earlier in the season, me and Rangers fans had it out because he made a wild amount of saves against the Leafs, but I didn't feel like the Leafs challenged him. Uh, apparently, he's had, I don't know, two, three dozen of those games <laughs> where he's just a, a Vesna caliber goalie. Uh, easier said than done, but it's not like he picked him first overall with the Rangers. Maybe you start there. I mean, the last time that uh, Jeff Gordon took over a team before the Rangers, he went out and got another Vesna caliber goaltender right away in uh, Tuka Rask. Uh, <sighs> no, just... By the way, this is just... day two, 20,001 since the Leafs won the Cup. Oh, good. Andrew was the first guy to let us know that uh, yesterday was day 20,000. Via text. It's nice of him. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. You're buddy. welcome. Yeah. It's, I didn't get any tweets about it, so it was good. That yeah, join my misery. I, yeah. I saw, like, uh, after I mentioned that on Twitter, somebody responded who was a Leafs fan. I was like, the nice thing about being a Leafs fan is I see this, and I'm like, thought it'd be longer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's synonyms. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. I know they're bad. Like, how yeah. bad? Here's another way they're bad. Like, <laughs> It's, you can give me the amount of years. You can give me the amount of days. Throw in some months. How uh, many seconds? Be, like, sh- <laughs> be sure to check out Game Over International with Andrew Berkshire. And on the weekends, another round of applause. We're very excited to have Omar on board with this. Uh, Julian McKenzie is going to be handling Game Over Montreal um, on the weekends when Andrew is taking a much-deserved break. But Andrew is a maniac and is doing Game Over Montreal and Game Over International on same on, days. On the weekdays. On the weekdays. The yeah. Julian's on, filling on, Julian's fill, Oh, Julian's yeah, filling yeah, on the yeah. weekdays. You're doing weekends. Yeah. My no, bad. Uh, Julian's doing weekends because the weekend games are all in the afternoon in February. Yeah. And oh, I'll be sleeping yeah. then. Yeah. So, so Andrew, Andrew's doing both during the week. So during the week, you're going to... So I think there's two games during the week where you're going to do the Game Over and then Game Over International. That's crazy. It'll be game over in the evening, and then I'll be up all night watching Olympics, and then game over international <laughs> in the morning. And then I'll take the kids to daycare and go to sleep. Go now, to bed. Now, before, Have you considered you're out of your mind? Before I get any shitty comments, because for whatever reason, I get blamed for this. Um, I asked Andrew if that's what he wanted to do. <laughs> Why are you forcing him? No, he he no, said no, no, that. No, answer the he question. proposed this, and then I said, are you sure that seems like a lot? And he said, I got it. Right, Andrew? Is that kind of how the yes, conversation... Okay. Yes, yes, that is 100% true. And I, the way it is, is like, I, we talked about how we were going to do this show, right? And mm-hmm. like, it makes sense to do 6 a.m. So people have it on the morning commute. They can wake up, they can get the recap either live or on YouTube while they're eating their cereal or on a podcast in the car on the way to it's work. It's a wonderful format. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, but in order to do it that early... I have to actually know what I'm talking about, right? So I've got to watch the actual Olympics, which nah. happened in the middle of the night because it's happening in Beijing. So it just makes sense for me to switch it. And like the fact is, outside of the weekends, which are going to be kind of tough with my wife, 
I'll probably sleep less on the weekend. <laughs> During the day, I'll just be sleeping while the kids are at daycare. So it's right. not going to disrupt things too much, except for like the first few days, I'll probably be loopy. But I'll caffeinate myself and figure it out. And for those who, when I got COVID over the holidays, for some reason, everyone decided that Adam was forcing me to continue doing Game Over Montreal, Again, despite the fact why? that I was sick. And Adam was the first person who was like, do you want to have somebody else come in? Do you want us to just not do the shows? And I was like, I'm bored out of my mind, isolated in my basement. I'm not that sick. I'll just do it. And everyone was like, how dare Adam Wilde. <laughs> I'm literally like uh, the like the one of the bad guys in in Superman. What's the what's the guy's name? The bald guy who's always like Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. I'm one. literally Lex Luthor. I feel like it's I and I'm I'm like I don't know where this came from, but anyway, Andrew, you did a killer I job. I don't remember Lex Luthor being that exploitive. <laughs> <laughs> Just the head of a Adam needs to grow a mustache so he can twirl it. Yeah, right. I like that. Andrew, do you have a guest for tomorrow? Yes, they're For currently tomorrow, tied to the train tracks. Adam Wilde, <laughs> yeah. put them there. Sorry. <laughs> who's, who's coming on tomorrow? I, I am in the midst of scheduling a lot right now, yeah. but tomorrow so far, uh, one guest, there may be two, we're waiting to hear back, but uh, Jared Book from Habs Eyes and the Prize, and he's an expert and veteran of covering women's hockey, is going to come on, because I, honestly, I want to get as many people who know women's hockey the best way better than me on because I want to focus on that. And frankly, I just don't have the peak knowledge of that sport and those players that I would like to, to like cover it all on my own. Mm -hmm. So Jared has that. He's going to bring that tomorrow morning. He's going to come on a couple more times as well. And we also have uh, Liz Knox coming on. Hey! Oh, bring the knowledge. Have you guys heard of her? That's, that's so good. <laughs> that's so great. Well, listen, Andrew, ah, I, you're about to embark on quite the journey. Uh, enjoy the rest of your month because it's going to blow by. Um, but we'll be watching, and uh, I can't wait to hear the recaps every single morning when I'm because I'll 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 be going to work by uh, earlier than you'll be recording. But when I come home, I'll be watching them every night. So thank you so much, man, and and uh, keep kicking ass, man. Uh, it could not been could not have been a worse tab season to start a game over, and yet. Andrew has jumped over every hoop, and it's a success anyway. So uh, thank you, Andrew. It's my pleasure. Thanks for doing this, guys. I'm excited to do it. I'm once again excited, not to jinx it, to cover some sports. that Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where they might win. Yeah. Was, was that prepared statement good enough for you, Adam? Was that... Well, we'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. Oh, oh boy. You, know, you can good, put good down luck. the gun now. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, bro. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Thanks. Talk to you guys soon. Take care, buddy. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
So I'll also mention uh, Jonathan Huberto joining me on Agent Provocateur with Alan Walsh. Uh, we're recording that next, so it'll be out tomorrow, likely. Okay, okay, okay. Who is that? Uh, first star of the week, uh, NHL All-Star, likely Olympian, had the NHL gone. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, definite. Doug definite. Armstrong said. That's right. Doug Armstrong said. Everybody's an Olympian. Yeah, oh, for sure. Now that. Um, okay, so listen, if we'd done this podcast after game one of the home and home with New Jersey, I feel like the conversation would have gone a lot different. But the two games back to back put a lot of stuff in context. And I think, you know, what we saw the first night was um, Jack Campbell just not playing up to Jack Campbell's standard. It was really like a four or five game skid. And he was due. He was putting up outrageous numbers. Fine. And the team was very bad. Very bad in front of him. Of him yeah. But, but what, I, what I saw, the good stuff from, from Monday night carried over to Tuesday night. And what we saw on Tuesday night was the stuff I think we, we all want and expect the Leafs to be. Strong goalie, Chris Pratt passing, great structure. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, no, Chris He's, The devil signed him. They're desperate. Yeah, yeah. They need a goalie. They need someone Chris to Pratt make would saves. never sign with a team that has the name the devil. That's true. Right. He loves Jesus. He sure does. More than you. <laughs> More um, than anybody. Uh, uh, and Raptors. <laughs> strong goalie, crisp passes, great structure to the game, and really like a dominant offense. And I mean, obviously, I know Matt Matthews uh, had a hat trick in the first game. Right, mm -hmm. and that was that was amazing. But it felt like in the second game, it was it was the Bunting Marner Matthew show, and nobody else. That was bullying. That was oh well. <laughs> the first line was so good; it sort of distracted from the fact that no one else really had to do anything. Well, David Kampf was just left alone to play shinny, and I think it was was it Ray Ferraro that was like, "That's a that's a that's a shot in practice." That's a shot in practice yeah, that he got. Line. Like, dude, like, nobody's there. That was um, that was the moment I think all Devils fans should have slammed both feet on the panic button because the second goal goes in and it's Matthews shooting gallery, and you could chalk that up to yeah, well, it's Matthews and Marner. And then less than a minute later, Mikheyev and Kampf play the role of Matthews and Marner and score a near identical goal. <laughs> and you go, oh, maybe we're just shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, uh, we haven't had a lot of home and homes over the last couple years, mm -hmm. but I feel like you learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. And the more I started leaning towards embracing the fact that these games are going to be a little silly until after the all-star break let's just watch the games and have some fun and see what we get out of it they're, they're, they're going to be like early season games where there's not nearly as much structure and you're just faced with the skill both teams have what we found is the leafs grossly outmatch the new jersey devils mm -hmm. the debt like Devils aren't a good team. No. They're too, they're too young. They're too inexperienced. There's not enough structure there. No, no Mackenzie have, Blackwood with the heel problem. Right. They don't, they don't have any real game breakers. You're not looking at Hughes that way. Subban's not that player anymore. Hamilton's not in the lineup, hasn't been for 12 games. And if you're looking for places for the Leafs to be like, okay, what can we learn from this? Mm -hmm. We know everyone who played great is great. But where was Willie and Tavares? Yeah, like, they weren't really factors. Where where were they in the two games? It's and it's not the puck not going in. It's they weren't factors. No, right. And by the way, with the Devils, like, did do we put any of that at Schmid or Gilly's feet? No, no, no. no. You can't like Blackwood <laughs> and Bernier are good goalies, and they missed them. But like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that the effort, dude. 
I texted someone. I was like, man, I wanted Damon Severson on the Leafs 30 hours ago. And now the well, entire fan base is like, mm. I think I think the problem with Damon Severson is that he, he is Jake Gardner, the second coming and, and right handed and right handed. And, 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 you know, Jake Gardner in a strong lineup with a lot of structure thrives because he's a guy that goes a little bit goofy sometimes. Damon Severson, same sort of thing. No structure to that lineup. Nothing. Right. Well, yeah. and you don't learn things from guys who are playing on really bad teams. Like it's no. it's hard it's hard to like individual know, efforts. It's hard to know what a player is when he's playing way out of his depth and there's no real support around him of other really good players. Yeah. Damon Severson looked like, bad because the other four guys on the ice yeah. were also really out of place. Like I felt bad for him because people were like tweeting, like, please don't trade trade for him. Damon Severson's numbers underlying have been good for like four or five years. It's just that that team that he is playing on currently is deflated, dejected, and injured. Yeah. It's it's just not a good team. Ray Ferraro between the benches is absolutely fantastic. He's amazing. The one thing he said last night where I was like, you're picking on him now, is uh, the goal. It was the fourth or the fifth one where Severson was fiddling with his visor because it got mushed down into his face. Yeah, he was fiddling with it, but I, I didn't think it was his fault. The the goal I didn't, went in. Yeah, His man wasn't really the threat there. Right. And or the the reason that it went in. Yeah. I mean, it was a great illustration of look, add this to the list of things that went wrong for them. But I I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a pile on. You know, I wanted to there's not too much that you can deduce from a, a team that's as low down right now as the Jet Devils are versus a team that is as high up as the Leafs are. Like at, at the All Star break, the Leafs are on pace for like 117 points, right? They're, they're fourth. In points percentage, and based on points, they're third in the division. Yeah. Yeah, because they've got the two two best teams in the league in their division, right? And Boston. Um, but I but I think it's very, very it, the fun. Leafs could set a record for points this year by over ten. We know that, which is amazing. The most they've ever had in a year. Franchise years, record. Yeah, franchise yeah. record. Most they've ever had in a year is one oh five. The one thing which I'll was say two years ago. Two years the, ago. Yeah. the last full season is when they set that record. And we were yeah. all like, oh, it's that low? Yeah. Like Tampa's yeah. had one oh five like eight times in the last decade. Pretty, they might have beaten it last year. I I, yeah. I want to say this. The thing I keep seeing from the Leafs, or I kept seeing from the Leafs that I felt like I was seeing, but I'm sure the numbers will tell me I'm wrong, is that when the Leafs were supposed to win games, a lot of the times they were just squeaking by. And I've seen this not just this season, but there's been previous years where you're like the, the, the Leafs are playing down to their opponent. We know they're better than this. We, it's, a, it's a common criticism. And it, it was nice to see a team that is supposed to steamroll another team steamroll the other team. At, but outside of the first two periods of game one. Like the the yeah. first two periods, they look terrible. Yeah, they I'm were, speaking oh, specifically they about last they night. Didn't, they didn't wake up like they, until the third. The third period was embarrassing because <laughs> of how bad the Devils play. Yeah, oh. see them in that third period it was terrible. But the first two, I was like, who is this team that looks worse than the Devils? Yeah, they just scored on 47 seconds into the home and home. Like, it wasn't good. No, uh, everyone's like, oh, here we go again with Campbell. I'm like, what the. F no one was there. <laughs> right. It wasn't Jack Campbell. Nobody was there. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. To me, it feels like the same conversation we're having over and over again. They they have the skill to get themselves out of these problems. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, uh, for the first part of the season, the first half, um, they've been so skilled that they've never really run into that problem where right. they, they had to um, claw back. Here's, here's the best news. The best news we can take from the home and home. And from the last couple weeks, 
Marner is a goddamn dog. Oh my god. Marner's been great. Unbelievable. Who pissed in his cornflakes? Might have been us. It might have been. Like, dude. I'm glad. Yeah, great. 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 <laughs> it's great. Wow. Like, it's it's not just that the puck's going in, the seven game goal streak. He got two last night, and the second one is at the speed of smell. Yeah. How did that go in? I watched the but, replay, and Natalie was like, I. Still don't know how that went in. Matthews, I still didn't see the shot. Matthews completely took away Schmid's eyes. He didn't. He didn't see a thing. There was a moment in game one, in the third period, I think it was when they were when they were just rolling and they were on the penalty kill, and oh. Hall Hall had a pass where he sent it up the ice just to ice the puck. And Marner yes. was exiting the yep. zone, and he was pissed off because Hall didn't feed him the puck. Because yep. he's like, I can go, I have a break here, and I can go up the ice and score this shorthand. He, Mar Marner's looking to score, and it's beautiful to see. And I love everything I've seen out of him the, the last entire, couple of weeks. The entire penalty kill, dude. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah. On yeah. the penalty guys, kill, he's looking to score. Yeah. David Kampf is out there, like, fucking trying to win the rocket. Every penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, him, Mikheyev, <laughs> Kerfoot. The, the Leafs forwards uh, on the penalty kill have been amazing. And on this home-and-home home against the Devils, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but did the Leafs penalty kill outshoot the Devils' power play? I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Maybe. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, if it wasn't shots on goal, it was perhaps Corsi because the Devils, the Devils are like having to scramble back and block them because they were animals, just dogs. Yeah. And Marner, oh my God. What is he at, 12 points in six games or something? Since I, coming back? It's like 16 and 7 or something. Okay. Yeah, seven, like, seven goal. Yeah, that's the, and that's, that's the shocking part. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. Steve, you were talking about this on Twitter the other day. Yes, I was. Steve, he's just... Steve's like, there's no reason why Mitch Marner can't get 30 goals. And mm -hmm. people got on you about that. Yeah, like they're acting like he hops over the board uh, with a pool noodle. And it's just not the case. Um, you know, it's I've I've <laughs> I've said this perhaps uh, with some naivety uh, over the time that we've had this podcast, but I watch professional athletes who are able to do things that we can't. Mm -hmm. And Mitch Marner doesn't take one-timers. And I'm watching him and I'm like, but why? <laughs> His body can do it. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't he do it? And it's like Matthews, man, he scored 40 as a rookie. I, were any of them slap shots? I think they were all that sneaky drag shot that he used to Just, do all the time. Oh, just, and yeah. he figured out, okay, I got to sort of diversify, you know, my tool belt here. And Marner has done the same as of late. Um, so adding that slap shot makes him a more dangerous player on the power play and adding a little bit of here the fuck I come uh, to his five on five play makes that line so formidable that, um, you know, the, the, the conversation after the game is, oh, you know, Willie and Tavares, they're slumping. I, I didn't look at it as that dire. I just remember there was a, a point last night where I go, oh, they're here. But I, that I, is I what, that, that's what offensive depth looks like. One night, one line's going. The other night, the other line's going. Yeah. You know who, uh, also, I think we're reading way too much into it because that game was a carnival mm -hmm. because uh, wh who, which leaves forward led all leaf forwards in ice time last night. JT. No, it wasn't JT. Um, Michael Bunting. No, it wasn't Michael Bunting. <laughs> I don't it know. It was uh, at like 18 minutes and 20 seconds. It was David Kampf. Really? Oh. Yeah, because they had the lead. Right. From like when did Spets score? 220 yeah. into the mm -hmm. game. The fourth line. 
Engvall looking like Gretzky behind the nets. Like, guys, guys, it eat your eat your candy and shut up. Like that, that was a that was a it was a stupid win at a stupid time in the stupid season, and uh, I enjoyed every moment of it. David Camp has fourteen points in forty two games this year. Last year in fifty six, he had twelve. One of those were goals. He's got five already this year. By the way. This is the highest shooting percentage he had. His shooting percentage last year was 1.6%. It is now 10%. David Camp has <laughs> more insane. has more goals this season against the Blackhawks than he had last year for them. Wow. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now, uh, there's a couple What's players. The number? What's that number? Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> I want to ask you. I want to ask you a couple. if it was a significant number. A <laughs> couple players I want to talk to you about. A couple players I want to talk to you about. Jason Spezza being number one. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason had a great year last year. Um, you know, he, he had, I think, I'm just looking up the points right now. 30 points in 54 games. That's so dumb. 10 That's goals, so 20 assists. It's, it's so round. 10, 20, 30. This year, 15 points in 38. Maybe not at the exact same pace. But we have to remember how close this person is to 40. Oh, yeah. When that fourth line gets out there, Engvall, who has scored a few in the last couple of games, Wayne Simmons, who is playing a Wayne Simmons role, mm-hmm. and Spezza, who is a legitimate threat every time he hits the ice, which is wild to say because it looked like, um, I mean, they, uh, it would look like his last season in Dallas. He was washed. Un- underratedly, first of all, yes, but underratedly, Simmons like, decided, hey, I'm skills guy. <laughs> Now, like, I'm just, I mean, he was at one point in his career, but he just decided I'm bringing that back. And the amount of ridiculous plays he has made that haven't quite gone in the net. It's, it's interesting. The fourth line was so, so good for the first mm, 30 games or so. They had a bit of a lull when they were trying to figure out what they are. And now Engvall has buried Nick Ritchie beneath the earth's crust. Yeah. Like that, yeah. he's not coming back Mm-mm. unless someone gets hurt. He's never coming back uh, because Engvall's been so good. I, I was, I was talking to Drew about it. Um, producer Drew Engvall is, he's fascinating. He's six, five, like two fifteen, two twenty. One of the fastest guys on the team. He can rip it. And why doesn't he put up at least 50 points a season? Because he's not a great decision maker. He tons he takes a ton of penalties. He doesn't have the coach's trust. Uh, and lately he's just put it together. He's just really put it together. Almost like he looked like he was before the extension was signed. Yeah, like he was scoring a half a point a game. And when he signed that extension, I'm like, Kyle Dubas, genius. Two years. Like we, we were talking about, I was talking about that contract, like the bunting one. I was like, and he got the second year. And then he disappeared, and also the cap stayed flat forever. Yeah. So, you know, things changed. But, uh, like, up. Uh, th- this is why we keep talking about the deadline and, oh, the Leafs are in on this guy. What if they get Claude Giroux? I don't give a shit. They're fine up front. They're fine. They're so ridiculously deep. It's just in front of the net, tidy that up, and now you're a contender. They looked okay without Muzzin the last two games, but I don't know how much you take away from it considering their competition, but... Defense looked all right. I wonder how much of that is Sandine settling into a role a little bit because mm. he's been sort of pinged around the lineup. And also, like, kind of underratedly, Justin Hall is 
kind of playing his best hockey. Yeah, Justin Hall's yeah. been really good. Of been the really season. good. Yeah. Um, Lilligren, after a few real bad games, he looked great last night. Has Flying. looked great, and Dermot has struggled uh, with the flip flopping between the right side and the left side. And that's hard. It is hard, and he looked like he found his niche on the right. He's back on the left where he struggled, and he's played fine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, the other guy I wanted to bring up specifically, and I want to know what you guys what you guys think about this, is Michael Bunting. Now, God, we're starting to have conversations. Scarborough God. Starting to have conversations about Michael Bunting, and people are asking this. This might be outlandish, but I want to ask the question, and I want to Don't you do. fucking dare. Is Michael Bunting currently a better fit on that line than Zach Hyman would have been currently? Contract out of it. That's not what I thought you were where you were going. No. I thought you were going to say, should the Leafs sell high? And I was going to kick you. I was, no, I was gonna... no, no. They got to win the cup. Yes. Yeah, no, no. Thank you. No, I don't know. Who, who, who said that? I don't know. I've just heard it. I've, I've heard it before. Like, oh, the, when McCabe had like that 20 goal season, people were like, they should sell high on Brian McCabe. I'm like, they're talking about him for the Norris trophy. You can't. No, you build around someone like that. Michael Bunting. I understand the logic, but you have to think with a soul. Yeah, it's not, it's no, not, it wasn't the question. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was pre-arguing. You made with my up. Friend. You, you made up your own question and then got mad about <laughs> and it, and then asked himself and the answer. Then, yeah, yeah. And then got mad I at fucking himself. dare you. <laughs> what? I? How could you say that? First, you ask Berkshire to work when he has COVID. Then you're telling him to work thirty-hour days, and now you want to trade Michael Bunting? <laughs> Fuck no you, one. Okay, so Jesse, I'm gonna go to you. <laughs> The question is, Zach Hyman being the player Zach Hyman is, Michael Bunting being the player Michael yeah. Bunting is, age age differences included, contract differences not. Ah. Is Michael Bunting okay. a better fit with Martyr and Matthews than Zach Hyman would have been this year? Bunting, is a, he adds a different element to the line because he's a threat to score. And you never looked at Zach Hyman in the same way as, oh, he can get a hat trick on a Saturday night. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I 100% don't think anybody thought, okay, it's, it's Marner, it's Matthews, and it's Hyman. And you know what? Hyman's going to have that hat trick on Saturday. But Bunting adds that element. You thought Bunting was going to get a hat trick? I didn't think so, but he, I, now that I know what kind of player he is after watching him for half a season, I'm like, there's a threat to score on that line in addition to Matthews and Marner. Mm -hmm. And it, it, the, the, if, whichever one you want to go with, if you want Hyman on that line or you, add Bunting, or you want Bunting on that line, those are, they're different players. They're not. They're not the same. Right. They're not the same third option to those two guys. They're they're bringing something different to the table. So it depends on what kind of hockey you want to play with the, that line. That line's going to be if you're if you're, they're an overall in NHL 22 because as a GM that's how I look at things. If that line is a is a 95 combined with each of those guys, I think they'd be at the same level, but they would bring different roles to each. Uh, what role do you line. like better? Oh gosh, right now, considering how. The Montreal series played out in the playoffs. That's my reference point for everything Leafs right now because until they get to the playoffs, uh, none of this ever matters. I like having Michael Bunting there. I like adding an extra element of scoring just in case 
the guys who we expect to get it done on the score sheet don't get it done. I think... By the way, they are scoring this year at about the same pace. Bunting's played about seven more games than Hyman, so it's not a total comparison. Right. But 29 points, 25 points. Mm-hmm. But those, I, th- I think just, I think Hyman with McDavid is a different role than Hyman with Matthews and Marner. Yes, so Hyman has had, it's sort of a developmental thing. Uh, Hyman, for his entire career, uh, professionally, has be- had to be a babysitter, basically. And... Uh, you know, Babcock is like, all right, you're going to babysit uh, Matthews and Nylander. And he's like, I'm a rookie too, but okay. <laughs> and <laughs> like, so I'll try to figure it out. And basically every line he's been on, he's sort of filled the role of defensive specialist mm-hmm. or the guy who has to be the most defensively responsible. Bunting has the least defensive responsibility on that line now. Um, they're They're forcing... You know, Matthews, Matthews, has Matthews been great Matthews, this this after this offseason has turned into a defensive force. Like yes. his, his two way game as a center is unbelievable. And that's why it's, a, it's a completely different game with mm-hmm. uh, Bunting as opposed to Hyman because Hyman handled a lot of that for him. And, and Mitch, too. And uh, Hyman is stronger. He's more brute force. He's probably stronger in front of the net, which I think is going to piss some Leaf fans off. But, like, I've, I've seen the dude. He's jacked. Um, but Bunting plays the game with more aggressiveness and violence. He's more annoying to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyman can defend himself. Uh, Bunting is an asshole. <laughs> and there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. There's an element of fuck you. Uh, that Bunting brings that the Leafs sorely need. I'm not, I'm not saying that to take anything away from Hyman, but um, it's completely changed the structure of that line. I know that, Jesse, people are going to get on you a little bit for saying, well, Zach Hyman scored over 20 goals and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It took a while, and I people forget, it took a while for Zach Hyman to develop that scoring touch. Yeah. And while he had, his, especially his last two, three seasons, you know, he had two 21-goal seasons, uh, it started to kind of pick up. I'm with you. I think there's more of a finish in Bunting's game. I think that's yeah. that's fair to say. And I Hyman finally started to get his power play cookie too. Yeah, they, they that's didn't true. they didn't give him any. That's true. Yeah, how many of those time. are five on five goals with the line we're talking about? Isn't Real. that the instance we're talking about five on five when the first line is running? Yeah, Bunting doesn't not. Have yeah, Bunting's had, not running on the power play, getting extra cookies. There. Hyman had three power play goals two years ago, three last year, and three this year, and before that zero. So his more. power play points were six, five, and five. He's only got 16 career power really? play points. Yep. I'm surprised. Um, bunting. Uh, I just thought, you know, I, I, I do see a different element to, to what um, Matthews and Marner do with bunting out there. It just seems a bit more, um, a bit quicker. Is that, does that make any sense? Oh, it's way quicker. They're also better players. Like it maybe oh, Matthews, Matthews and yeah, Marner are also are. better players uh, from when they were together last last year. year. You know, it's, so it is amazing. You know, there's this kid who kid he's 24 who'd played 26 NHL games, 26 Bunting. games. Yeah, Bunting. He's now played 42, so he doubled that this year. And I, I, I have to give enormous credit to Kyle Dubas for finding that. Yep. Like and and signing him to a two year deal. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's been I. There's been times to criticize Kyle Dubas, and we've taken them. I think on this one, you look at what he's done with Kampf, Kasha, and Bunting. Un 
flipping believable signings, all of them. Yeah, super important. People pointing out Richie, yeah, the deal hasn't been good. People pointing out Morazic, the guy's been hurt. Um, and I don't even think he's played that bad when he was playing. No. Not uh, but th- to replace... Th- to replace not just Zach Hyman as an idea, or sorry, as a player, but as an idea. Um, to I, I had never heard of David Camp in my entire life. And they signed him for over a million dollars. Yeah, and we to were like, who the fuck down is this? Center, <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be a goddamn disaster. And they bring in Andre Kasha. I'm like, cool, he's going to play eight games. And they bring in Bunting, and I'm like, his shooting percentage is going to tank. And there was, remember, there was a moment this season where they put him on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy, this 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 is not going to go well. And the Oilers have won 20 of their last 15 games to start the season. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, he's, he's going to look really bad. And Bunting, Kasha, Camp, like what a ridiculous trio of signings up front. Uh, Michael Bunting shooting percentage last year is 26.3%. Now, if you're Kyle Dubas and you look at that and you go, even if that regresses in half, that's still a 20 or 30 goal guy. <laughs> right. Um, now he's got, he's shooting 14% this year. Really? I thought you were going to say it went up, which is a career low. <laughs> because his first season in Arizona, he scored in he scored one goal and he played five games, so he had a twenty percent. And last year's twenty six percent. Love it. This is you know, it's just I have to say, credit where it's due. It's amazing. It really is on forward. Yeah, to me, this is my favorite, especially in the last twenty games. My favorite forward group I've ever seen with the Toronto Maple Leafs ever. I'm talking oh, about JBR. Fun. I'm talking about Bozak. I'm talking about Kadri. I'm talking this group. And I, I have a lot more confident with confidence with David Kampf on the ice. And I think I think people, given the season that Nazem Kadri's had and given that we're Leaf fans, we're always lustful for the past. The past, which is always horrific. I don't know why we're doing this to ourselves. Nazem Kadri's had an unbelievable year. Yeah. He's gonna mm-hmm. he's, he's on pace for 120 points. It's insane. That doesn't mean that David Kampf is not a really good fit for that role. And I think I don't think anybody's criticizing David Kampf, but I think everybody's like, well, man, if we still had Kadri. I think we need to look at the options that <laughs> when, we have with David Kahn. Where does the Kadri comp comparison? Yeah, like when it's when not a comparison, we, but it's more like, oh, if we only had him on the third line, we'd be that much better. Yeah, but no. like when do we let that go? I think we. I think it's time. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. I, it's done. Listen, listen I'm guys, happy for not. They lost. The, they lost the trade. All they right, did. Move on. Yeah. Mason Marchment too. Oh yeah, you all fucking called it. Oh, Mason, like, Mason Marchment was not. I don't think Mason Marchment was getting a shot on the Leafs. There was not no, a shot. Guys. Not a hope in hell. He got an assist against the Jets, and we were all like, more than I expected. Cool. Also, they yeah. lost like, the Kadri trade in a vacuum, but Kadri couldn't come back with the team after he kept getting suspended. Yeah. Like, it was a locker room move as much as it was an on-ice move. He just couldn't. It was, if you, you look at the whole circumstance, the trade needs to happen. It's okay. Dubas, as a GM, can't let that happen. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I, think, I think the other thing is the... Um, Imagine the shit he would have got. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. And listen, I love Nas. We've said, we've said that before, but I think I think... This forward group is my favorite one. It's my favorite, favorite so one. So we're all taking Bunting over Hyman. Uh, I won't let my mouth say that. I just really like Bunting. That oh. I like I like Hyman too much to disparage If we take like the... That. Oh, no. I would, disparage we're not it. disparaging him. <laughs> just he, not why? everything is life and death, people. Why are you disparaging him? So this is and the making thing. Berkshire I'm, I'm talking just about a hockey no, no. line. I need to know. Jesse, you touched on something great there. Why can't... 
We like both, but but enjoy one more than the other currently. Why can't I say, hey, I like what I'm watching with my eyes, and I see Bunting score a couple of goals, and it I like is, that more than what Hyman brought. It's 2022, <laughs> and you got you put your stamp on everything forever, and that's how it works. Why do you hate Zach Hyman? Adam, um, do you hate Zach Hyman? I do not. I think Zach Hyman's a good human being. I think he's an incredible player. He's He was heart and soul for the Leafs last year. Yeah. I also think that by him leaving, the Leafs forward group had to grow. I think they left. Yeah. I think they left a lot on his shoulders and said Zach will take care of it. And then once Zach was gone, it was like, well, I guess we better take care of it. I've seen more growth in the Marner, Matthews, Nylander group because I think Tavares was already kind of past that part this year, as proportional to this previous season than any year before. And I mean that in the best way. It wasn't like the, again. It's not like they were bad last year. So don't take me the wrong way. But this group. If I, see, if, I, if I were to talk about Austin Matthews' game, it's spectacular, it's amazing, but it's mature. Mm. Defensively, Jesse pointed it out earlier. You saw him, do you remember when, the, when New Jersey's two-man advantage ended yesterday? One of their two-man advantage, their first, or sorry, the yeah. first two-man advantage ended, and one of their players zoomed out of the box, almost got the breakaway, and Matthews oh, was the guy back covering. Yeah, yeah. Matthews was the guy that broke that up. Stopped him before the blue line even hit. Yeah. It's amazing. Even like little things on the face-off. Like, Matthews is so good at the face-off yes. this year. Yep. Yes! And he was like a 42% his yeah. first year. Him and Tavares and Camp and Spezza, they were number one in the league last I checked. Unbelievable. Like, they're, they, the forward group does a, it's great. a staggering amount of stuff. And, and I think yeah. I think it's, you know, a, a credit to Kyle Dubas. I keep looking at Ricard Raquel and thinking, I wonder if he's not the next Andre Kasha on the Leafs. Yeah. The, my concern, He's a UFA. I, I, my concern is the conversation we just had and how great that forward group is and Someone's not gonna leave. wanting to tinker with it. Someone's going to leave. Yeah, they're going to leave at some point. No, I mean mid-season. Oh, like, no, no, I wasn't talking about now. I'm talking about in the off-season. Oh, yeah. I like, I mean, man... We, we talk about the sort of golden handcuffs he's given himself uh, with these contracts and also God gave him uh, with you COVID, know, yeah. COVID and uh, <laughs> the cap staying flat and everything. Keep bringing up God and blaming him for stuff. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, God, he knocked it out of the park uh, with a few of them. Yeah. Um, uh, I also uh, want to quickly ask you guys with Josh Hosang going to the Olympics. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have, I mean, he's had a really good season with the Marlies. And, and the AHL is a lower scoring league. So when you have somebody that's got 20 points at 30 games, which I think Josh Hosang does, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, he has said that uh, he, I love this. Uh, this is from Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. One of the things that's really helped me in the Toronto organization is I feel heard there. My opinion seems like it matters. And it inspires me to do a lot better on the ice because I feel like I have a stake in what's going on. He also talked about in, in some interviews that he was too focused on himself and on the future and being successful immediately to focus on the present and delivering and developing. So he's got an AHL-only contract. When he comes back, he's going to get the showcase of the Olympics, and you know people are going to be watching. He's going to have a contract offer from at least a few NHL teams. Yes. Do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs signed Josh Hosang as depth going into the playoffs because he's got the tools to do it. Man, here's the thing. They sign him. Don't they still risk losing him to waivers? Not re-entry. Would he? Would, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, does he have to clear waivers to become oh. an NHLer? I think he does. Yeah. 
That is ins- that is insanely stupid that anything like that has to happen. I don't understand it because um, like waivers waivers are there to give uh, players an NHL opportunity and basically get players into the NHL and making NHL money. Sure, as many as possible. That's what it's there for. But I, I think back to a few years ago when Evgeny Nabokov signed a contract with I Detroit. Th- I think it was Detroit. And the Islanders were like, you're an Islander now. And, and he was like, I don't want to be an Islander. Yeah, who does that help? If he wanted to be one, he would have signed with them. What? I just signed a contract with the team. I play zero games for them. And I'm not on their team the next day? Who does this help? Who does this help? How does that make any sense? Who Other negotiated than, this? I guess you could make the argument that like large market teams can afford more of those contracts or or they can they have my more more influence yes so here's what hopefully happens selfishly if you're a leafs fan yeah is josh hosang is being compensated well enough at the ahl level that he won't want to sign an nhl deal until the off season when the leafs can just outright sign him there's no waivers required and if he makes the team out of camp, he makes the team out of camp. And if he doesn't, he goes on waivers. But that's what waivers are for. He thought he was getting an NHL opportunity, and now he's not. So you go on waivers so that you can get another NHL opportunity. Forget the Leafs. Let's say he signs a deal with the San Jose Sharks and the Philadelphia Flyers come in and claim him. You- I signed with the Sharks! I or you sign to be a shark. or you sign with the team that you expect is going to the playoffs and then another team says Yoink will take you and you get to lose the rest of the way. Yeah, tell you what. How let's go Sabers. <laughs> I know you thought you were going to a contender, but how about let's go Sabers? Here's let me introduce you to Alex Tuck and like Tage Thompson. Four other dudes. Like, yeah, it's I if that is the case, I don't actually know it's the case. It's it's very bizarre. It but it doesn't a, help anybody. But it's uh, a great story all the same. Exactly. We're we're losing uh, sight of that. It's uh, awesome for him. There was a scary moment where it looked like he wouldn't be going to the Olympics because he got a concussion um, in the AHL. But he's he's had a great season. Um, and a couple of things from thirty thirty two thoughts the blog. Especially coming around trade deadline, CJ and, and Elliot Friedman's feeds are like, I have them sent directly into my phone. Number four on this one, uh, after mentioning Toronto's interest in Josh Manson, one exec joked with me, the Leafs have been interested in him, in him since Punch Imlac was GM, and Anaheim will have many options there. Now, I have heard from some Duck fan, Ducks fans who are like, I'm not really sure why you guys want Josh Manson so bad. His underlying numbers aren't great. That's what they said. I haven't actually even checked that. I mean, remember when, uh, wasn't it Eric Francis was like, yeah, TJ Brody's got a bit of that Jake Gardner. And he doesn't. Uh, no. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's mm. no. So, uh, and li- like, I-, I did see someone else talk about, yeah, he doesn't have the greatest underlying numbers, but he is tough. And I'm like, cool. Di- great. Good. Sounds good. I'll have that. They okay. need an asshole. They need an asshole. They have guys who can move the puck. It's fine. Even people talk about Jake Muzzin like he's never made a pass in his entire life. Like, guys, the Leafs can move the puck. They're fine. Get an asshole. We miss Zach Bogosian. We do miss Zach Bogosian. Uh, but we I'll... need... Bogosian was Squirtle, and we needed we need at least War Turtle. Fair. Right? 
It's Squirtle on the third. A Blastoise pair. would no. be nice, but I don't Blastoise know. Blastoise would be, be nice, but it costs a lot. They do, right? So yeah. you need War Turtle there at you know evolves level sixteen, if I remember correctly. We, Josh Manson can be our War Turtle. Okay, done. Jeff Merrick also mentioned, you know, and this is Elliot made mention of this. Owen Tippett and Frank Vertrano could be traded out of Florida because their forward lineup is so deep they can't fit them. Like, do you just weep openly, deep, bitter <laughs> tears if you're a forward traded out of Florida right now? They're everything turns to gold. Yeah. It's stunning. I mean, listen, everything they've had since nineteen ninety six has turned to dust. So they're due. Right. Right. Yeah, this is uh <laughs> they're re- due. like regression against time. This is uh it's if someone on the Panthers were to get injured mm-hmm. and they sign someone out of the ECHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and just threw him into the top six, you can be pretty confident that dude's going to have 60 points. Like, the that's the old Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit joke from acting a fool him in with the Penguins. No, no. This is like Mecha Donk and Uber Flibbit. Like, they're <laughs> m- monsters. Mason Marchment? I know. It's six points in one night. By the way, everyone was talking about Mason Marchman versus Dennis Malgan, and I was wondering when I was going to see a Leaf fan compare Mason Marchman's stats to Nick Ritchie's stats because Marchman had six points in one night. Ritchie has nine points on the season. <clears throat> Where is Nick Ritchie right now? Chilling. He's, popcorn. He's just like off the roster, right? Yeah, no, he's 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 on the roster. It's I think he him and Clifford are the extras. Oh, he he does travel. And yeah. Stuff? Okay. And it's good to know He's that like chilling. if somebody goes down. Like anybody on that fourth line, I could see moving up in the lineup. Sure, M- more more Spezza and uh, Engvall than Simmons, but I could see it. And if the guys, if the two guys stepping in are Richie and Clifford, I don't hate it. That's okay. Yeah. Again, don't tinker with the damn thing. But like, there was a time where we would have looked at you know the Leafs have an open slot fourth line left wing. Oh man, it'd be great if we could get Nick Richie for that. And Mason Marchment would be we have Nick Richie at home. And now the roles have reversed. Right. Nick Ritchie is we have Mason Marchman at home. Right. Which is wild. Um, I want to talk about the NHL scoring race. Do you guys know who is in the lead? Most goals. Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider. How many? 33. 30. Four. 33. 47 games played, 33 goals. Toward pace. Following that, Leon Dreisaitl in 41 games has 31 goals. Ovechkin in 46 has 29. And Matthews at number four, 39 and 29. So he's, he's uh, coming up the rear, right? Oh, Matthews? Yeah. Well, because I think he went six games without scoring or five games without scoring. And choo. And there he is. Yep. So uh, 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 Hey Shea on, uh, on Twitter uh, wrote an article today about Chris Kreider's pace and how, yes, it's not sustainable because it's, if, he, if the pace keeps up, he'll score 58 goals this year. <laughs> He could sc- I could see Chris Carter finishing with like near 50. I can too, yeah. the way he's scoring. It's wild because like I don't even think he's the best goal scorer on the Rangers. Like, oh, no. no, no, I don't think so. Either. I would, I'd probably say that Zabanajad mm-hmm. and Panarin being the best playmaker, but Kreider's an animal right now. It's insane too because at number five is Alex DeBrincat, and his numbers are so similar to Kreider, right? All goals, no assists, right? Cy Young. Yeah, they're all yeah. front of the net goals where they're just banging and crashing them in. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm just... Playoff style. With Matthews, who is the reigning Rocket Richard trophy winner, 
you know, I felt like what we saw in game one versus New Jersey was him going, okay, we're going to win this game now. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Like, and I said, I, I remember talk, saying uh, out loud, I'm like, we are like an Austin Matthews slap shot away from being 4-3 here. Oh, yeah. And it's just, he's, it's just seemed so automatic. So my question to you is, of the four I just named, and remember, Austin Matthews has played the fewest games of anybody. Ovechkin, Matthews, Drysaddle, Kreider. Who wins the Rocket Richard? The way too early prediction, Steve, Jesse. Ove- I got Drysaddle. Got Drysaddle. Ovechkin, Matthews, Drysaddle, Kreider. Oh. Maybe I should have picked Ovechkin. Oh. I'm going to take Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> Oilers are so hot and cold, but when they're hot, they get Go, just 12 in, goals in two games. Insane and... amounts of points. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, like, what, are the Leafs going to do better? They're, <laughs> they're fourth. All right. Oh. Ovi, give us one more. One Give more? us one more, old man. Yeah, I'm gonna take Ovechkin because that's what I'm rooting for. Just because, I, just what, just for the sake that he's like 30 million years old. No, yeah, and I a- want Matthews to hit 75. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> he's the greatest goal scorer of all time, and I want to keep. I want to see him keep doing it. Man, I the other day uh, in like one of my memories, an article came up that I wrote about Ovechkin and like how great he was historically. It's from like 2015. Mm-hmm. I remember when it, you were one of the first people to talk to me about, hey, maybe he beats Gretzky's record. Well, I was looking at it and I'm like, uh, like, okay, he's got to keep it going for a while. But like we were talking about, he's got a legitimate shot at beating Gretzky. If by like this age and last year, he slows down to like 30 a season. <laughs> he's got 29 now. In 46. So he's you... been on pace to pass Gretzky, but that's only if he keeps up the pace. And magically, he's done that. It's unbelievable. He's on pace to bury Gretzky. Like, yeah. yeah, I think he's on pace for another 55 goals this year. Matthews is somewhere close to 60. Kreider's like 58. Dry Saddle would be somewhere in the neighborhood of Matthews. I think, to me, it's going to come down to the way it's going because you got to remember, Dry Saddle and Matthews have played six or seven games less than the other guys. Yeah, yeah. It's going to come down to those two. February is going to be big. And if I'm going to give it to anybody on this one, I'm going to give it to Matthews, and I'll tell you why. The Leafs are just a more consistent team. And I think that's, that's why I think he's going to get it. I think that the, um, the support system around Austin Matthews, not that he doesn't deserve it, he's an unbelievable goal scorer. I think, I think Leon Dreisaitl is going to win points. Uh, he's, going to, he's going to be the point leader again. I know Huberto's ahead right now. So nobody tell Alan I said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think Austin Matthews is the is the Rocket Richard Trophy winner again. And he's also remember it's Mitch Marner setting him up. God, they're good. They are good. They're so good. Well, and also the Oilers. I mean, isn't the whole thing with them? They want to spread it out. Uh, that's what they're trying to do. I don't know if that's possible. Like, how are you going to spread it out when you've got those two? You got Kane now by not playing them together. Yeah. 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 You do have Kane. Kane. Yeah. Yep. And Hyman, and Puliyarvi, and Nugent Hopkins, and oh, you had one guy in there, and it looks a lot better. Yeah, he definitely changes things. Yeah. By the way, I don't wh- think that was ever the argument against him. What <laughs> What Leaf has the most assists on the team? It's not Marner. He's been hurt too much. Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley. Eleventh, hey, eleventh nice. in the NHL in assists. Wow. Thirty three assists. He has thirty eight points in forty two games. Oh my. God. That's another season, season we need to talk about. Like, score. Like, remember he had what do you have seventy points a couple years ago? Uh, seventy-two. Yes, 
72 and 20 goals. Looking an awful lot like he might be able to do that again. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He, and again, like we talk about uh, how unfair starting goaltender in Toronto is, where if you're bad, you're a piece of shit. And when you're good, it's all right, good. Mm -hmm. You're doing your job. Congrats on doing your job. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of Morgan Riley. Mm. Like he set that standard for himself. And now, even if he gets back to it, people are just like, good. Yeah. Yeah. Being a top pairing defenseman. On, on the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last 25 years has been a thankless job. <laughs> yeah, sure Either has. you're doing it right and good, you're doing it, or yeah. if you're bad, we're going to burn you at the stake. Run you out of town, man. Yeah. Run you right out of town, right to Detroit so you can win a cup, Larry Murphy. <laughs> yeah, people like talk about how like I've gotten more negative. Like People expect Morgan Riley to fail. Yep. Why? Based on what? I think I think that... No, no. I don't know if they expect him to fail. I think we always knew Morgan Riley could put up points. I think my... My concern was obviously the Leafs' salary cap, and I've just kind of thrown that out the window. Who yeah. fucking cares? Well, they'll figure it out. Like, they clearly, they, they clearly always do. So they'll figure it out. What do people think? Top uh, pair defensemen are worth. I think people think what's keeping him out of the the Headman discussion. It's clearly not the points. It's he's the, not Headman. Well, he's not Headman, but the <laughs> Headman Headman is like the best defenseman in the league because he's yeah. so great defensively. And I think people are like, well, Morgan Riley's all great on the points, but what are the detractions from from his defense? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Hedman is also the Nathan McKinnon of defensemen. Like, yes, that, I 100% agree. That contract's a one-off. The he's seven. I wouldn't even talk about the contract, just the skill. Oh, just the yeah, skill. He's also the best of the best. Yeah, no, he's the best like, defenseman. It's yeah. it's. Uh, so I think people are like, okay, I, I think what they have is Morgan Riley. Okay, you want him to be the best defenseman? He's going to be the lead defenseman in the Leafs, really, because he is. Yeah. Well, he's not any good at defense. That's what his most intense detractors say. Yeah. But I think he's a little bit better than they say. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. Now, I would like to, uh, I, I want to shout out Paul Hendrick at Henny. Henny's uh, I love him. I miss him. I miss him too. Uh, the Leafs, you know what? That was the, the worst roster move the Leafs have made in the last two years is, is not having Paul Hendrick be a well, part of it anymore. He made it. He, did he, did yeah, he make he it? He took a step back. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't like it. Anyway, here's what he tweeted. He said, the foundation of a rebuild. Leafs closed out 2016 with a loss to New Jersey prior to drafting Austin Matthews two months later. Let's talk about what that roster looked like that night because he posted the roster. Oh. Okay, I need to go soon. You need to go so, soon? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we oh, have because, that, because of Walsh? Yeah, we have a without podcast. For okay, me. let me run you through. <laughs> okay. Let me run you through. Unless you want to do it from here. Do you just want to do it from here? No, I can't. It's okay. not an option. Okay, so here we go. You ready? <laughs> yes. And then we'll close the, close yes. out the show. I'm going to tell you the career stats of each player. Brooks like Tyler Bozak, PA Parento on the first line. Good God. Second line, Colin Greening, William Nylander, Tobias Lindbergh. Stop it. Third line, Michael Grabner, Frederick Goche, Leo Komarov, all-star Leo Komarov that year. Oh my. Fourth line, Sam Carrick, Byron Fraze, Brad Boyce. By Byron Fraze. Defenseman. Again. Morgan Riley, Martin Marincin on the first pairing. And you don't think Mar Morgan Riley's good. Second pairing, Jake Gardner, Frank Corrado, friend of the show. Hey. Andrew Campbell and TJ Brennan bringing up the bottom pair. Hey, soup. And, your, and your two goalies are Garrett Sparks and Jonathan Bernier. Mother of God. It's a bad team. Anyway, it was the start of something great. And that was a fun season. I do remember that. So we'll wrap it up there. We're going to be back Friday. And remember, we got that big, long broadcast on Friday night. Twitch.tv slash SDPN, correct? No. Twitch.tv slash SDPN live. Live. Yeah. Let's the live. All right, Jesse, go home. Get the hell out of here. Yay. We'll see you Friday. Yay. Yay.
Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.